Hello and welcome to Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias and I'm, I'm actually doing an interview today. And this is um, an old friend of mine named Noah Wimple. Did I say that right? Wimple, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, I've known Noah for many years uh, through, uh, well, the Hodad group and um, through a place called Cougar Mountain, which is 300 acres out of uh, Saginaw. And we also played a little softball and basketball back, to, back in the day. Welcome, Noah. Thank you for having me on your yeah, show here. So Cougar Mountain, I know it was established, I think it was 72, and you're doing a, um, a 50-year anniversary thing. Um, tell me a little bit about the land you live on that we call Cougar Mountain. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, I, did, I did notice a couple years ago that Cougar Mountain Farm established 1972, by my mother and father, um, Ed and Betsy Wemple, was going to have its 50th anniversary in 2022. And I was like, well, let's do something for that, right? Let's have an event. Essentially, Cougar Mountain Farm for 50 years has, has participated with the community through small private gatherings, through retreats, through workshops, through back in the day the hodad after parties after the general meetings for people that don't know hodads uh, not a lot of people do but if you don't know it was a co-op that existed started in the early 70s and uh doing forest work doing tree tree planting and, and it branched out into other kind of forest work and i actually served for a year and then we had a breakout group but hodads Started by what your dad and and Jerry well, Rust and yeah I mean the actual I've I'm keen on the history these days and Jerry Rust um, along with John Sunquist all oh, right and somebody else formed the Triads uh, kind of got their feet wet I think they they planted for three twenty five an hour or something ridiculous <laughs> and they recruited my dad in there. And right off the bat, he saw the potential, and they they started talking about forming a cooperative. And my dad kind of went out on his own and wrote this ad inviting people to join the cooperative. And this is in the early 70s. And there was an overwhelming response where hundreds, literally hundreds of people saw the ad and showed up at John Sunquist Farm for training day, an organizational day, and they were split up into crews and he told what kind of gear they needed to do. And then at that point, the nucleus center was the Cougar Mountain crew. Um, and that was, you know, Jerry Rust, Hal Hartzell, John Sunquist, Ed Wemple, Sidney Rust, Betsy Wemple, uh, the Hersons, Rick and Julia. So was it called Cougar Mountain because of this land, or did the land come later? The the land had a name called Cougar Mountain, yeah. So they had already purchased the land? Yeah, when... my mom and dad acquired it with some help from my, uh, my mom's side of the family as a wedding gift. Yeah. Um, and they thought that my parents might go buy a house or something, you know, and my dad, being the visionary that he was, he was like, wow, let's go. Let's join the back to the land movement and get 
a raw piece of land, you know, that's what's most valuable and will will be a part of the counterculture back to the land movement. And that was how the vision started with And did they Kugamani. and um were there other families there with you? Um, you know, well simultaneously those Hodads were getting formed. My parents were really young at this time, nineteen seventy two. They were probably twenty three, twenty four. I see. And fresh out of the U of O. Um you know, and th- there was a strong movement saying, let's get back to the land, let's forge our own way. Um, right. So, yeah, quickly with the Hodad's formation, there were lots of other families that kind of came and went. But there was a nucleus of what was called the Cougar Mountain Crew. And that that crew, essentially, just to finish the story on the early Hodad's, after everybody joined, Cougar Mountain Crew went to work bidding on contracts to, you know, to basically get work for all these crews. And during that era, my mom famously put the title to Cougar Mountain Farm on the line to secure bonding to get those early big contracts. Oh, right. Bonding. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. bonding for the big contracts for the expansion. And shortly after that, as there was suddenly 500 members equal empowered owners of the Hodad's Workers Co-op, it kind of officially became a a cooperative that made all its own decisions, elected its own officers, and Cougar Mountain Crew just became one of the crews. I see. And quickly Jerry Rust, you know, peeled off into Lane County Commissioner. Yeah. Well, as you say. All that good stuff happened. As you said in this. Snowballed. As you said in this interview I saw on, on YouTube, um, it was established by radicals, the hippies, peace-loving, <laughs> like-minded people, long hair, yeah. part of the mo- movement, almost a commune, shared space, meals, work. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, your dad got into politics of the because you were into, into the, um, oh, yeah. the timber stuff. He, he saw what was needed and, and saw the value of, yeah. this, of the cooperative movement yeah. and, uh, and about sustainability and then progressive... Values like, you know, about spraying and, and about how this woods work should be done. Um, stewardship. Kind of, yes, yeah, stewardship. Yeah, yes. He, was, he was a proponent. And there's a video of him doing a talk at a forestry group Yeah, where he was suggesting that the mills could cooperatize and become employee-owned mills. Um, he had a great vision for people, and it was quite the tragedy when he lost his life in 1985. Yeah. Uh, but before then, he died at 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we were playing ball, I always wore that number, 37, yeah. to honor him, you know. But but while he was alive, he, he did get very politically active. The Hodaz was just the beginning. And then he moved on from there, ran for Lane County Commissioner Kaj Grove seat in 78, and then helped Jerry Rust run for governor in 1980 while simultaneously lobbying for the Emerald People's Utility District. Mm -hmm. And that was successfully voted in, and he served on the first board of directors for that, and he was instrumental in helping get the Short Mountain methane plant started, and Mm -hmm. that now powers up like 13,000 homes in the area. Yeah. Um, And he did some lobbying up in Salem and... I met, you know, I got a chance to meet him when he was hot on the China doing trade mm-hmm. with China, and mm-hmm. I know he saw that as a big uh, for Tim the 
timber industry. Yeah. I uh, saw that as a big market and, and yeah. he got involved with this cultural exchange that was a concert, yeah. ended up being a concert that... Oh, the Hoy concert. The Hoy yeah. concert that I went to that, and, and I got involved a little bit yeah. and I was hoping to go to China because they were talking about a, oh. a concert in China. Oh, wow. Uh, but didn't quite, yeah. that didn't quite happen. I was still a kid at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway, you've kind of been um, stewarding the land uh, all these years, I guess. I mean, at some point you, you, and I know at some point you started doing these concerts and calling them Tayberry Jams. Yeah. Tell me yeah, a, yeah. a little bit about well, what kind of, um, and I know sustainability and education has been part of your mission. Um, so I'm curious about that side of it, and also, but also how you, you know, the, the impetus behind doing these um, e- events. Yeah, thanks. Well, so my my parents basically thought out all the ideas with their friends in the 70s and and early 80s. And I just kind of listened as a kid that grew up there and paid attention and then after my dad passed, um I did kind of step in to help be the, you know, the steward that was ne- that was needed to carry it on. And I just kind of, you know, went back to the, you know, the new plan is the old plan, so to speak. And having an event on the mountain was always one of the plans. And so regarding the concert, you know, I remember there was a turning point where I was I was acknowledging that it, we had owned the property for 30 years, and I was so like, wow, we've been here 30 years. Okay, it's time to tell people, like, what are you, what are you doing out there on this mountain off-grid? You know, what what's going on out there? And I was like, after 30 years, I think we've kind of figured out our path, the way that we're going, and now it's time to share the hope and inspiration. And, you know, at the same time, you know, how do you have a farm benefit once you want to develop and implement a, a plan for the farm and you don't have enough money? So having a farm benefit with music seemed logical. Uh, and essentially, that's the that's how the Tayberry Jam got started. You uh-huh. know, the Tayberry itself is a raspberry-blackberry hybrid that we were growing and making some preserves and making a little Tayberry wine, Tayberry cider. Uh-huh. And it was pretty part. It was kind of unique, and we thought, yeah, let's just go with the jam, <laughs> Tayberry jam. It's unique. And that became an annual event for seven years. Um, but it, it had its issues. You know, we suddenly we suddenly found ourselves hosting at the seventh event, we found ourselves hosting 52 acts Ooh. over three days. And it was like just a little overwhelming. How and long ago was that? That was 2012, 2007. Okay. Went from 2006 to 2012. I see. Seven in a row. And we essentially had to had to end it at that point. It was just not financially viable with... You know, but it was so fun, believe me, and it impacted lives, and it was always um, helping us get one step closer to the goal of successfully hosting people on the mountain and sharing the hope and inspiration of the sustainable living movement, mm-hmm. which is essentially what our family has represented now for 50 years. Yeah. Because when you when you go live on a piece of raw land with no electricity, no running water, no access road, 
I mean, no, nothing. Like we literally started in a tent. I mean, you, you have to learn it all, you know, and then so after I, a while you, you want to share what you learned. So you have solar or what do you, what is your electricity? Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're still off grid and proud of it. Uh-huh. You know, EPUD told us we're in the EPUD district, which is so ironic uh-huh. with my dad being one of the founders. But uh, they said it was like 200,000 to run the electric line up there and, uh-huh. And he said, wow, okay, never mind. <laughs> wow. How, how much for a solar panel, I guess. And, yeah, we have some solar installations. We have two solar-powered wells. Uh-huh. Um, we've got some photovoltaics um, at the new house development. Um, we've got a little wind turbine, got a little micro-hydro. Yeah, we've, we've got it. A generator backup, you know, propane tank. That's awesome. Um, and I know... Well, back in the day, you built a stage for these concerts. I don't know if it's the yeah. same one is still there. Are you going to do it? Or you, you, ha- you have to have some infrastructure in place to be able to host a bunch of people um, yeah. coming up to the land. Yeah. Um, and along those lines, I just uh, there's one other quote that jumped out at me from one of your videos. Maybe it was when you were 21. I don't know. Or lessons from your dad. Mm. A, a quote where he said, uh, learn how to learn. Yeah. Everything yeah. will f- and everything will fall into place. Yeah, does that yeah. still resonate with you? Oh yeah, I mean there, there's there's another one that goes along with that. You know, insanity is is doing the same thing over and over, but expecting a different result or something like that. You know, but learn how yeah, to yeah. learn. You got it. You got to grow. So with with after seven Tayberries, we ended it and took a break for ten years. Okay? Yeah. And now it, this is called the reboot. And I, and I do hope that we learn something from those experiences. And this one is a little bit toned down. Um, but it's, it's an amazing show. I have to be real honest. It's, it's got the best of everything that we had hoped to do in the past with an event. It's got international um, musicians. It's got internationally recognized speakers. It's got literal legendary characters well let's uh, list a few of them so just because so yeah, people sure. know what this is because so, this is happening soon this is uh uh this coming saturday and sunday the what is it 13th and 14th of of august right yeah it's actually august 12th is the friday mm-hmm. and august 13th and then for those that stay over, there's a complimentary sourdough breakfast. Oh, I see. Sourdough pancake so breakfast. So Saturday's on. the big day for the public, really. Yeah, well, your friends at the Sugar Beats are I playing Friday, Friday I know. at 7. I, it says VIP so, access. I'm not sure what yeah, that means. Yeah, that means, hey, you show early. That's early access. You're okay. VIP. Okay. You're number one. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah, some of, some of the notable names... You know, I just mentioned one of them, the Sugar Beats. They were best of Eugene for yeah. at least a decade. I mean, come on. That's Everybody's familiar with the name, and their sound has not changed. It's only just aged like a fine wine. Yeah. So very excited to see them. Uh, another up-and-coming act that's going to play with them Friday night is Day Solution, hmm. and that is Thomas Matfumo's original backing band, Mm. And Christopher Muchabaiwa and Gilbert, and they—they're just amazing musicians. Uh, kind of reggae in the reggae mode. They, they're more world beat, I would call it. Uh-huh. You know, Zimbabwean music is called chimarenga, right? Um, and that's what Thomas Mapfumo yeah. represents. 
Um, Saturday is going to kick off at 12 noon with the Earth Vision Summit, which is a a series of guest speakers um, headlined by the merry prankster Ken Babs, Mm -hmm. but also notably the retired politician Ken, or excuse me, Bill Dwyer, Mm -hmm. and the internationally recognized CBD therapeutic benefits Adam Jacques. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Babs, um, Babs, I know has a good new book and a bunch of keezy stories. And yeah. I saw him at the country fair doing a little yeah. bit of his talk. He's yeah. he's just very entertaining. Oh, I'm so glad he's feeling better and able to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and what uh, food? Yeah, food booths and crafts. There's going to be a couple, of, you know, a small food court, small craft court, kind of circling the the two stages. Uh huh. And what uh, what is the Lion's Den Sun Dragon Heart Temple? <laughs> well, yeah. So that's like that's the name that's kind of organically grown on um, the structure that I've been building for the last couple years as the centerpiece of the event hosting space. And, you know, temple historically is, you know, a place of healing. Uh, You get teachers of all disciplines, but I'll name a couple, you know, yoga, massage, sound healing, uh, you know, dietitians. So it's an Uh, indoor gathering? No. No. No, that's the, the farm. The benefit specifically lists the lion's den sun dragon heart temple construction benefit it's a project that has its shell of a building but Ah, it's not finished i see and so i am trying to you know get that out there that we're trying to finish that as a as the centerpiece of a hosting site we'd like to you know cap it with a nice campground and a chance for to be able to host small events, small retreats, small workshops. So this workshops. is a, this is a fundraising event. Basically. Oh, absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely. I yep. mean, you know, if you if you're off grid, there's always a need for something. Let me tell you. Have you? You're not a nonprofit, though, are you? Or I'm affiliated. We are affiliated with a couple of them. Um, One Tree Planted and We Plant. Those are two international tree planting organizations. Uh huh. But Cougar Mount Farm, no, it's not officially. We've made our bread and butter in the in the reforestation industry and in the construction industry, uh-huh. mostly working off farm. The things that we do on farm tend to be nonprofit, but you know, yeah, that's right. just the way that is. But you've actually not funny. have you run classes and things like that? We've done a few. You uh-huh. bet, uh-huh. absolutely. Just on on some of your shiitake cultivation. Oh well. Um, Renewable energies, ponds, um, soil building, orcharding. Uh huh. And are you pretty much self-taught in terms of your skills for no. doing all this? Oh uh, no way! No, I I actually give all the credit for that to my mom, uh, Betsy Hartzell. Uh huh. And she in in 1998 got me enrolled in the Lost Valley Educational Center Permaculture Design Course. That was a two-week intensive that basically exposed me to, you know, we started with building a compost pile. You basically learn farming, but then you learn, you know, how to look at your land 
from a stewardship standpoint of prioritizing, it's got a zoning system. Um, and, that, and that really changed my life. And I saw how that education and knowledge needs to be shared because it's so crucial to how you actually live sustainably here on the planet. And it's already a worldwide movement, but I was like, wow, Cougar Mountain Farm, this is, this is a calling. Yeah. You know, we can be a permaculture educational site you know, as a destination. And we are a destination, private mountaintop, beautiful setting, Western Oregon timberlands, you know, 20 minutes south of Eugene, yeah. down, down I-5, exit 176, about three and a half miles off of I-5 to the east. Uh, and permaculture, I know, uh, well, part of the, your land is, is pretty steep, and I saw where you were doing, you, you dug these swales and waste, water catchment and things like that. I mean, that's yeah. one of the things you learned, I'm sure. And Yes. Uh, but that's how, oh, you, yeah. how you fill up your wells a lot, or how you or yeah. your, your irrigate? Um, you know, there's there's uh, five or six ponds on the property oh, right. that right. we dug with excavator and dozer. You know, got the permit with the state water master and and built these really nice reservoirs. Um, the wells are just simply drilled down, and then you install a submersible pump attached to a solar panel up at the surface that powers it during the day. I guess yeah, it was yeah. the ponds. I was curious. That that's yeah, how you the, created the ponds these. are are. I'm such a proponent of ponds uh-huh. because in the summer they're fire protection, they're wildlife habitat. Um, they're just sitting there storing water, and they get their water during the winter runoff, which I cuts see. down on erosion, uh-huh. slows that water down, lets the sediment settle down. You know, can you swim it? <laughs> you can. They're not ideal because uh-huh. they they have the silt. They're fine. I, I see. But that clay silt just keeps them cloudy. You know. Yeah. Well, let's talk just a little bit more how people can get a ticket or how they can find your event because it's it's happening. That's why yeah. I wanted to have you over just to yeah, try to drive a little more traffic your way. Thank you so much, Rob. Uh, CougarMountainFarm.com has the poster and. Uh, a way that you can buy them online. The uh-huh. tickets are available also in advance at Kalapuya Books, which is my mom's store in Cottage uh-huh. Grove. Uh-huh. That's at 637 East Main. Or you can get them at the gate, either Friday for the early access VIP, or you can come Saturday. Gates open at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Oh, wow. Speaker Summit at noon. Mm-hmm. Music starting at 2. Um and so yeah, you can get them at the gate. Tsunami books is that? Does she yeah, have? Them? It hasn't worked out it yet. Has, oh. And so at this point, you know, by time, by time this airs, <laughs> I don't. They just come to the gate. Just come to the just gate come. if you want to come. Come check it so out. So Cougar it's, Mountain uh, Farm. CougarMountainFarm.com dot com does it? work if you got the Google and it's got maps and yeah it's got a map uh, and everything it's it's yeah. real, it's real straightforward it's like I said about twenty minutes south on I five exit one seventy six one mile north of Cottage Grove and then about three and a half miles east and, and yeah and so and people can actually camp if they want to. Technically, we're not advertising camping I see. because that the county's implemented a new rule about camping, and you you need to kind of up your game for that. I see. And, yeah. Uh, but again, the benefit is to help us develop that said campground um, to make a real safe experience for everybody. 
Um, and so, we look forward to another 50 years of hosting people. That's, that's all we've really known, you know, so, that and tree planting. So if this temple, when this temple is finished, yeah. do you hope to host things in it? I mean, that's going to be oh. part of the scene. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've been requested for a couple private retreats already for a wedding for next summer. Um, it's a it's a gorgeous venue. It really is. It's it's intimate, but it's private, you know. And it's up on top of a mountain and right, kind of away from. And you have a home home there. I we do yes. And do are there other? Yeah. I I mean, it's been a while since I've been yeah. out there. But how many uh, people are actually living on the land these oh, days? Oh, there's just a handful, a small stewardship crew. You know, there's some other dwellings besides yours. Though. Yeah, there's there's a couple habitats uh-huh. up there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there's some seasonal help always kind of year in, year out. Right. Um, there's a little bit of a crew. But essentially, I, I have been saying that this farm benefit and events like it on Cougar Mountain Farm help us to support a small stewardship crew mm-hmm. on the land to keep up the good works of stewarding the land well so. i know another name you have seen associated with it is earth vision summit kind of like yeah uh, kind of carrying forth a vision of sustainability and yeah and um yeah, yeah trying to see how life on this planet can continue in a yeah. in a good way not enough people talk about it but mm. it's got some crucial elements yeah, you know, and we've been playing a role in some of it. We don't have all the answers, that's for sure. But yeah, but most definitely, you can, if with enough will and enough time. And believe me, the Cougar Mountain Farm fifty years is <laughs> got a lot of uh, you know, a lot of money money woes. Always need more money, right? And a lot of hard work tell you that a lot of hard work a lot of going without certain luxuries sure uh, but the the rewards are you know mounting the solar panel watching the water flow out of the <laughs> ground um, you know turning on a light instead of burning a lantern you know it, it's it's amazing to see how far we've come from when i was just a kid and it all it's just seemed like just a dream you know yeah well, I was glad to see that it's happening again. I know I've been to a couple in the past and yeah. um, wanted to support you. And I hope some people show up. Um, go to CougarMountainFarm.com. Find out about how you can get a ticket and where, where the event is this uh, this coming weekend. So thanks for coming in, Noah. Uh, exciting. Got anything else to add? Or? Hey, just thank you. I'm, I'm still a huge fan of yours, Rob. And- Thank you. It was always so fun being around you, and we played a little, rest of the, little softball, and the rest of the ballers. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did, and those are good days. Good man. memories. Good yes, days. good days. Thank um, you all for listening. My name's Rob Tobias. This is Train of Thought. My guest has been Noah Wimple, who's um, putting on the Tayberry Jam happening this weekend. Go out and check it out. Thanks for listening. Train of Thought can be heard on KEPW 97.3 in Eugene. It's also posted on SoundCloud.com slash Rob Tobias. For comments and suggestions, email Rob at RobTobias.com. Mm-hmm.